Hello again, everyone. This is JC. I'm so happy to be back on the You Made New podcast, episode 18. This one's going to be a personal one. You're going to get my own struggle today, believe it or not, Um, just because it was kind of a profound little light bulb moment, and I decided to talk about it. That's the fun of having a podcast, right? (laughs) So let me just start with a little story that actually just happened today. I have had like several months of just unrelenting busyness and I've tried to simplify my life. I know that we all do, but a lot of it was just stuff I couldn't take off my plate. And especially I'm recording this in January. It was the holidays, everything. It's just been nonstop. And so this week to my surprise, um, my office that I work at ended up closed one day on and I didn't realize that was going to happen. So I got a whole day off that I never get. And I actually was so excited about it because it hadn't happened for so long that I thought I'm not going anywhere. There's some stuff I've been dying to do, you know, just in the house, in the peace, not having to run errands and go crazy. I'm just going to spend my whole day just doing this cool stuff that I've been really wanting to get to. And I haven't had time. So for the most part of today, it's been glorious. I've loved it um, just because it's so rare that I got this time, this quiet house to really tackle some things, some projects that, that are just my passion. And so I've been working on them, but this is what happened. (laughs) I, um, it was about probably mid afternoon and I started to realize that I haven't, again, haven't spent all day at home for so long that I was starting to drift back to an old pattern that I used to struggle with when I was a stay-at-home mom, that every time I walk in the kitchen, you know, you just grab something to eat. It was just this temptation to reach into the fridge. You're not really hungry. You're just kind of, oh, I'm going to go grab something. And it was like, it was like, I mean, something that I've dealt with years ago. I've really been working on this for a very long time and felt like I had kind of mastered my appetite to where that wasn't controlling me anymore. But it was funny. It was like this flashback to 10 years ago where I'd forgotten. I was like, whoa, that feels like it used to. Like, why can't I stay out of the kitchen today? What is going on? And so I spent the last hour. I just thought, okay, let's look at this, JC. Like what, let's look at what this is doing in your head. What's going on? And what I've come to the conclusion as when it comes to these kind of days, I've noticed that in my healing and in my 15 year journey that I've been on so far when it comes to my health, some things, it almost seems like the Lord has just fixed, healed just like wiped out of my life and, and just solved and they just disappeared. And it was such a cool experience that I just, I forgot I even used to struggle with some of those things. Um, and I, I don't know, I can't really give a lot of examples, but sometimes things were just over. They were just again, healed, delivered, done, settled, and I could move on with my life. But I've also found (laughs) that there are times when I feel like I'm just, I want it to be fixed and gone. And there it is the next day. And then there it is the next day, that same temptation or that same struggle. And I'll admit that this goes on outside of my health and wellness issues. There are other issues in my life where I have begged him and begged him 
to just take it away like that. Take that desire away or take that temptation away. I just, I'm so tired of fighting it every single day. And it would baffle me that sometimes he would in some things, but in other things, it just felt like it was unmoving, like this brick wall in my life that, that just wouldn't even budge one single bit. And, and at times it's like, I would shake my finger at him in my immaturity and say, wait a second, Lord, you solved this other thing so effortlessly. Why won't you move this or heal this other thing? Like what is going on? Am I not trying hard enough? Am I not praying enough? And you know, you start down that whole path and I'm, I'm getting past that too, asking that question. Because there are times I've hardly even asked and he's healed. Like, I, I know I don't have to jump through hoops to earn his love and his healing. I don't believe that anymore. But it really was confusing to me why certain things just remained issues, remained issues in my life. And today brought back memories of that. Like, really, JC, you're still going to do this? Like, you're a health coach now. <laughs> you're still in the kitchen eating and you've been, you were in there an hour ago. What's going on? Um, as I really have thought about this today, what it made me remember first was a, a passage in Second Corinthians 12. And you're probably going to know it, but it's a good review for all of us. Um, this comes from Paul, who had such an amazing life and experienced such amazing deliverance in so many ways. Like his life was just epic. You could make an action movie out of the things that he experienced and the things that he was delivered from. But in this little passage in Second Corinthians 12... And I'm in the King James. This is what Paul says. He says, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, I'm receiving so many revelations, it would be easy to get a big head, is what he's saying. So there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. But listen in verse eight, he says, for this thing, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. Doesn't that sound like my description of, please, Please just take this away. I'm so tired of carrying this temptation or this struggle or this battle. It's been years now or it's, it's just been so heavy and so long. Please take it away. And then Paul continues in verse 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. I'm going to stop there for a minute because what dawned on me one day, and I needed this reminder again today as I was thinking through some things, sometimes having a thorn in the flesh, it stays and he lets it stay to teach us dependence on him. I mean, think about it. If he healed everything and just took it completely away, would we cling to him the way that we do when something isn't immediately going away. We need him in those kinds of battles, like the air we breathe. Again, like the last few episodes we've been talking about, like a drowning person grasping, right? If he just solved it, would I live with that kind of desperation? Would I fall at his feet day after day after day and cling to him? You know, probably not. I mean, I'd like to think I would, but what if I would just go on my merry way and say, thank you. Thank you for the healing, like the lepers that were healed and just left and didn't say there, didn't come back to say thank you and just took off. What if, what if I'd be healed and then I'd just be on to other things and other distractions and, and not kept in that true place of dependence, the thorns in the flesh 
that he leaves intact in our lives, that he doesn't miraculously heal and, and wipe out and, and deliver us from. Those thorns are there for a reason. They're there to teach us the amazing miracles that can happen when we join with his grace day after day after day, and we're still able to rise up above those things. The temptation is still there. The awareness of that struggle is still there. But slowly, as we rely more and more on him, we start to see ourselves conquer in the midst of the temptation, not because it's gone, but because it's right there and we're not surrendering to it. It's still there another day. And we've clung to him so much that day that yet again, we've been able to rise up. I don't care if it's an eating disorder, a food addiction, like I struggled with. If it's body image insecurities, lies about ourselves that we've believed. We've talked about so many different things that we battle that quote that I've used a couple of times about the bondages that we stay in. in in our generation. Some of these things, and today I was reminded of this, won't be necessarily removed from our lives the way that Paul's thorn in in the flesh wasn't, but they're there to teach us to rely on his grace in a deeper and more desperate way to keep us so dependent on him that we learn to make him our oxygen. That there's never a moment where we're disconnecting ourselves from that source. And if it takes having a thorn to keep me in that kind of remembrance, you know what? I want the thorn. That's what Paul says in that, in the end of verse nine, he finally comes to that conclusion. Oh, oh, wait a second. This is actually pretty cool. Instead of removing it, you're leaving it and you're leaving it for a purpose so that your grace will join together with my need and see miracles. And so Paul says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He shifts gears completely. Look at that. Before he was asking for begging for it to be removed. And now he's saying, no, no, no. Oh, okay. I get it. Now I can glory in that. I can glory in that because it's going to be this amazing opportunity for your power to just shine all over my life. I looked up those um, verses in some other translations on that little app that I have on my phone. And um, the phrase glory and infirmities where Paul says, now I'm going to just glory in, in my infirmities. In the NIV, it says, now I'm going to delight in my weakness. The ESV says, I'm going to be content with weaknesses. Or the NLT says, take pleasure in weakness. I mean, we can actually rejoice. There went my phone. How come I always forget to turn that off? We can rejoice in the thorn. Yes, it may be staying. He may not have delivered us fully from that thing, but it's okay. Because we're going to be a living, breathing example of his power. We're just going to be able to day by day rise up and conquer in the midst of that same temptation that used to take us out over and over again, that used to swallow us up, that used to um, lead us to obsession. Now we're going to watch as we cling to him. um, We're going to watch his grace fill us. And then we're going to be able to delight and take pleasure in those weaknesses, weaknesses, because there's such a beautiful moment 
to see him in action. I, uh, I think the problem with this sometimes is that we live in a generation and a culture that really likes to be autonomous and successful and independent. I mean, we want to be the conqueror. We don't want these things to plague us. We don't want weakness to continue. We just, we want to go beyond all that. We've set goals and made up plans and programs and we want to move past it and be strong. You know, we don't like weakness. It's not a thing that's valued in our culture. And so for Paul to get to the point where he could say, I'm delighting in my weakness. It's a joy to me. That's a little bit of a stretch from the world that we live in. The world shames us for our weakness tries to get us to build ourselves up and, and focus on our strengths and, and forget about our weakness and, and do things so that it disappears. No, this is a whole different mindset. So looking at the day I had where I kind of felt that old nagging temptation begin to come back, go eat, go eat, go eat, a little voice, go grab some more. It would kind of made me laugh by the end of the day because again, I could finally delight in that saying, yep, I need you again today. I think if I let go of your hand, I'd be right back in that place, right back in my old addictions, swallowed up by it all over again. I'm not past it. I don't care if it's been 15 years since my sugar addiction was a thing. I can sense that thorn in my flesh is still there. And without a a very distinct dependence on him, I'd be right back in that place. There's no boasting in me of how I've overcome this thing. I mean, how I can brag about, yeah, I, I got past sugar addiction, you know, no, no, no. I, I think he'd strike me down. (laughs) He and I both know where that power has come from. And again, today it was that reminder. You depend on me. You cling to me and I will save you. And you can delight in that. You don't have to be the hero. Listen to this. From, I think I've quoted from Jenny Allen before. It's um, her book, Nothing to Prove. I, I, it's a favorite for sure of mine. Oh, I need to start on the previous page. She says, we cannot do this ourselves. We have to be saved. If you're exhausted from the struggle to prove yourself, you're not alone. This is the story we all find ourselves in. She says, this story has a villain The villain scouts our lives and presses in at every crack he can find. He gets into our heads. His is the voice we hear saying, you're not enough. You can't do it. You are losing. Something about those words rings terribly true. Oh, but then listen to this part. Happily, our story also has a hero, but the hero isn't you and it isn't me. We tend to want to be the heroes of our story. When there is a clear villain, every one of us wants to spring into action and save the day. I'm pausing here. We, we want to rise up and conquer, right? We, we just want to be past all those things. She says the hero has all the resources. The hero has all the power. The hero has all the control. Those are being Those who are being rescued have none of that. They just have need. They're flailing in the water or lying crumpled on a closet floor, crying into a dirty t-shirt. They have anything but resources, power, or control. Then she concludes this way, and this is a beautiful way to bring this home. She says, I used to think the best ending to a dark and difficult story was to be the hero. But now I realize being rescued is actually the most freeing, beautiful resolution to a story that there is. Oh, do we not um, get inspired by that idea? Don't let the thorns in your flesh 
cripple you. Like she said, crumple you to the floor, crying in a t-shirt. Oh, that we could delight in those moments as hard as they are. If the temptations are rising up in you today to go back to places that you had thought maybe you were past or to stay in a place you have not yet conquered. We can delight in those moments as Paul did because it's a moment to cling. It's a moment to increase our dependence on him, to make us grab his hand and squeeze it so tight. It's going to (laughs) hurt. Let's get his attention. (laughs) Isn't that a beautiful thing? So if some things are delivered, yes, let's rejoice in that. But If perhaps there's some things that still you can tell are right there that have never completely disappeared. I'm also that way with my hair. (laughs) I, I, I'm that way. I can, I can go to a place of insecurity with my hair really, really quick. And, and I've been battling this for years and years. I've never really gotten over it. It's just always been one of my main insecurities about my appearance. And I can see a picture of myself or have a bad hair day and end up right back in that place. That thorn in the flesh is alive and well. But again, like that, like the temptation to let food be my comfort. That's right there too. If I'm not very careful, I can slip back into that place too. But I can instead shift my vision and let him be the hero and and me be the rescued one and, and rejoice in that. Here's the coolest part about it all. Our part in the story, like Jenny said, is not to be the hero, but we still play a really cool role. As we are rescued, whether it's all at once so that that thing disappears or whether it's moment by moment by moment that we're able to rise up above that thing. Either way, our part is to brag about our hero, to tell everyone that we know who will listen where to find the strength to overcome. I mean, is there a better way to rejoice in this story that we're part of to tell and tell and tell of his grace and his goodness and his ability to save and heal and deliver? I mean, that's the point of it, right? Yes, the point of it is to save us and to pull us out of those dark places. But if our voice isn't being shouted then to others who are also in the pit, it was for nothing. If it was just about us, oh, there's so many others who are suffering and struggling and don't know where to find the power of deliverance. Oh, that we will tell them. And if our constant thorn in our flesh keeps us in that fresh place where every day that miracle happens again and it's new to us again, all the better. (laughs) All the better. May we, like Paul, delight in our weakness. But let's not stop short of deliverance. Let's make sure we're not just sinking down in our weakness and in our shame and hopelessness saying, I'm never going to get over this. He will give us the power to be free. Make no mistake. But we've got to cling to his hand from moment to moment. We've got to rejoice in that dependence. Make it our most precious thing that we pursue from day to day. And then others are going to see it in us and we're going to be able to tell them the path to find that same healing and freedom. Thank you so much for for joining me today in my little aha moment. I hope it was a blessing to you. And I hope as you have these same light bulb moments, you also are spreading the word of our sweet savior and his amazing ability to heal. Have a blessed day.